Our conversation turns to health and wellness, and today we want to look at the importance of drinking enough water. Uh, we decided to look at this topic after receiving an email from our listener, Wendell, who told us how he'd recently been to visit his GP, who reminded him of how important it is to adhere to the correct daily water consumption. His doctor mentioned to him people often pick up various ailments simply because they are not drinking enough water. Wendell, thank you so much for suggesting this topic. We've invited our friend Dr. Darren Green in to talk to us about it. Uh, Darren is, of course, the Chief Medical Officer of Mediclinic Southern Africa, responsible for health support at a number of leading events in the sporting world, both nationally and internationally. Uh, those are, include the Cape Town Cycle Tour, the Absa Cape Epic, the Cape Town Marathon and many others. So he often deals with the athletes who haven't quite had enough to drink or perhaps drank too much during their way around the race. But Darren, thanks. It's always lovely to have you on the show and thank you for joining us. Thanks. It's great to be back. Thank you, Pippa. Well, let's start with the very obvious question of what role water plays in the body. Can you elaborate a little bit about why it is so important that we drink enough of it's it? It's the elixir of life. Mm. <laughs> I think it, it sustains almost every single system in the human body. I'm speaking about blood, I'm speaking about brain, I'm speaking about bones. And if you take every single system, I mean, you're speaking about 60% of the body's com- components being made up of water across the different systems. And uh, for this, in blood, in digestive juices, in urine, in perspiration, uh, how it's stored in lean muscle and fat and bones, it plays a massive role in uh, allowing us to integrate the working on a day-to-day operational uh, basis of every single system in the human body to execute, obviously, those metabolic processes and then to remove the waste products of those processes. So it is essential for life uh, to start off. You know, there's so many aspects to it, but I'm sure you, you'd like to talk about a few of them. We absolutely would. Darren, you were saying 60% of the body made up of water, so many of our processes and systems supported by it. What are the immediate signs that somebody is not getting enough of it? Great. I think the first thing is you start looking like a dried-up prune in terms of uh, your skin wrinkles. You look uh, significantly dehydrated. And when we use and when we assess hydration, in children, for example, we even pinch up the skin to look for what's called skin turgor, mm-hmm. the elasticity of the skin and its ability to bounce back and shoot back. And so, yeah, the, the signs that someone uh, isn't getting enough fluid, a dry mouth, a lack of decent saliva volume in the mouth, for example, as well. With that, if they are engaging in activity and they can't actually produce sweat or perspiration as a cooling mechanism, yeah. that also is lacking. With that, then uh, the absence of producing urine is a very big sign that you're not getting enough fluid in, and certainly one that shouldn't be taken lightly. So uh, those are just a few, and then it relates directly to the blood pressure mm. in your system. So blood pressure and pulse are often very good indicators as to what's going on in terms of the, the water balance in the human body. Yeah. So yeah, that's not to be overlooked either. So would, would a very high or very low blood pressure be an indicator of insufficient water, Darren? Yes, so low blood pressure, in other words, when, uh, when, when the pipes are a little bit empty, mm. uh, is definitely an indication, uh, it, it can be an indication uh, of low volume, in other okay. words, having too little, and then low, low urine output, and then concentrated urine that's dark and small volume is another big one. Yeah. Now, let's take a question that deals with the opposite somebody drinking excessive amounts of water i believe we've got a voice note on this topic let's take a listen 
Good afternoon, Pippa. My name's Tim Adams. I just want to check with you. I know you're going to be talking to Dr. Darren about um, how much water is enough, but I've got a son who probably drinks between five and seven, sometimes more, liters of water per day. Now, um, firstly, is, is that okay? And secondly, is it an indication of maybe some other problem that he, he needs to uh, drink so much water? Thank you. And to add to that, Darren, Tim message to say that said son is in his 30s, uh, by the way. That's a, that's a huge amount of water. What what does that seem to indicate to you? Yes. Uh, firstly, you do get people that become really, really focused on water drinking. And there's actually a condition called psychogenic water drinking, which mm-hmm. is worth looking up and understanding. I'm not saying that's what his son has. You've also got to understand why is he drinking so much water? Is he constantly thirsty? Could point to other things like diabetes, for example, has a very important factor of, of a thirst that cannot be quenched mm-hmm. as an early as an early sign. But uh, the, the diet that we have and your salt content in the body actually stimulates the thirst center uh, as well. So what he's eating, what he's drinking is important. When your blood pressure is low as well and the, and the beautiful receptors in the neck, arteries and veins are not stretched efficiently, uh, it tells you also that the water component in blood is depleted and it gives you a thirst response and a reflex in the brain, which is magnificent. Mm. But the amounts of, of drinking too much water, which were studied quite extensively by the sports scientists like Tim Noakes in Marathons particularly, yes. And if you think about the amount of water people drink, first we were, we were you know, encouraging them to drink enough water and don't dehydrate. With that messaging in the public forum, people then started drinking too much and end up be- becoming confused, delirious, nauseous, and even developing seizures. And we then discovered that you can drink so much water that you dilute the salt content in the body. In other words, your sodium levels particularly Hmm. become low and that then leads to the confusion, the muscle cramping, as well as the delirium and possibly even seizures from overhydrating. You know, so there are things that one must consider when drinking too much water. Thank you for that, Darren. So, Tim, um, perhaps discuss that with your son and um, probe a little bit further and uh, don't just take it for granted that uh, uh, it might be one thing or another. It might be worth exploring um, if you are concerned with a medical professional. But thank you so much for that question. Darren, you know, the the, the old saying was eight glasses a day. Is that an accurate amount? Is that true? Should we all really be trying to drink eight glasses of water a day? That that equates to two litres, I think. Yeah, two litres was a golden buzzword, I think, that came out about 15 years ago. And, I mean, it's not a bad uh, middle of, of the road. If you think about it for for uh, adult males and females, adult males, you're picking up 13 cups a day. For females, about nine cups a day in general. But that is not an absolute value. You cannot label someone with a, with a prescription without knowing a few essential things, like what are the activity levels? Mm. What in what environment are they are they uh, you know functioning on a day to day basis? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is there aircon? Uh, is the wind blowing? Etc. Are they active and generating lots of of uh, a diuretic effect through exercise as well? Uh, what are they eating? What's their salt balance like? Your body holds on to water to dilute the salt content. Um, so, and then the most important thing is the size and 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 weight of your your lean muscle mass mm-hmm. plays a massive role in how much water you should be consuming so your size your weight plays a role so i mean there's some guidelines as to 35 moles per kilogram per day 
excluding physical activity and ongoing losses replacement. So that's something to consider. So yeah, the, the amount of loss through breathing, through perspiration, through uh, obviously things like urination and bowel motion also has to be, be considered. And then of course there's the alcohol and caffeine question that mm. is on that, uh, that we all want to know about. And we all know about breaking the seal with alcohol yes. and drinking too much beer. <laughs> people want to know why that is. It's not because of the volume of fluid necessarily. It's because the, the alcohol actually switches off a hormone in the body called ADH, an antidiuretic hormone. And then uh, basically the hormone that prevents you from secreting or excreting rather all your water is then inhibited by the alcohol and that's why your body just allows it to run through you. And oh, that's quite important. <laughs> I've learned something new today, Darren. That's absolutely fascinating. Thank you for mentioning the coffee in- issue because I believe we've got a voice oh. note that's come in asking about exactly that. So let's take a listen to that question. Hi, Pepe and your guest. Um, I don't like water, I'll, I'll be honest. Any time I drink water, I'll go for a run afterwards. I'll sweat it a lot and I'll drink probably um, a, a 500 ml of water and then that's me done. And I don't seem to be suffering from any side effects. I do have a, uh, three or four cups of coffee a day. I'll probably um, on occasion have a beer. Um, yeah, water is not my favorite thing. And this story about like my wife drinking this sort of, I don't know how many, eight uh, glasses of water a day at some sort of ritual. I don't know, is that really necessary? Oh, thank you, Andre. Thanks, Andre. Well, you've already addressed the eight cup issue, but but Darren, let's talk a little bit more about the form the water takes. Is does it have to be pure, unadulterated water? Does it matter if it's some of yeah, it in in the form of tea or coffee? Yes, yeah, so no, it doesn't have to be pure water on its own without any additives. Interestingly enough, just the difference between normal tap water and sparkling water is mm-hmm. the difference in pH. So the acid level and alkaline level also comes into play depending on what fluid you're taking in and how you're taking it in. So normal uh, still water or tap water has a pH of around about 7 to 7.5. When you carbonate that water, it drops the pH down to a pH of between 4 and 4.5, which mm. is acidic for those that are interested in more of that science. But things like coffee, tea, uh, you know, drinking beverages, absolutely that fluid does count as water. But when it comes to caffeine in particular, you, you, the equivalent of about two cups of coffee which is what, 180 milligrams of caffeine. So a coffee cup has about 90 milligrams of caffeine in it. If you have two of those cups, you can have a mild diuretic effect where it's going to stimulate you going to the toilet to actually secrete urine, for example. So yeah, I would definitely consider that the other substances you take, even leafy vegetables, contain loads of water, which are also important. And that's probably why everyone that doesn't drink sufficient amount actually survives because there are lots of hidden sources of water in fruit and vegetables as well that must be considered provided you're not putting your body in and under demands where there's Mm. increased loss and increased need for for more supplementation I'm aware of the fact that the Yapsa Cape Epic is just around the corner, Darren, and those athletes put themselves through absolute hell out there on their bicycles. How do you, I mean, as, as a, a race medic who works at these events, is it difficult to convince athletes who are competing in that headspace um, to drink enough to replace what is being lost through sweat and perspiration? I mean, is, is it something you have to engage with them all the time, especially if they're so focused on just moving on? I know for some, stopping to drink water or take water is an irritation uh, that they worry might interfere with their time. But I would imagine that they'd pay the price further on the course if they don't. Exactly. I remember my first time I did the, uh, well, I 
I worked as a doctor and I looked at the elite athletes, our world champions coming past at the first water point where I was stationed. Yep. They don't even stop. They just keep going, throwing the bottles off their bikes and uh, sticking their hands out and collecting, obviously, the organized nutrition. Yeah. But an event like this, obviously, uh, involves uh, high-tech riders with great, great experience. So what we actually do is what's called a heat stress index, where we use envi- environmental factors such as the humidity content, the wet bulb, globe test, the temperature, ambient air temperature, the wind factors, the radiant heat, in, co- in collecting data to give them an idea as to whether they need to up or down their hydration. And we have signposts and signboards along the way that are color-coded to give them an idea as to what the conditions are actually saying. But at that level, a lot of these athletes don't want to carry heavy backpacks on their backs. Yeah. So a lot of them actually push the envelope too much and too far, and that combined with the really poor decision of stopping an anti-inflammatory for back pain or muscle yeah. pain, then affects your kidney's ability, obviously, to, to fall to the water, rid yourself of toxins, and also to control your body temperature. One of the biggest uh, you know, roles of water in the human body is thermoregulation yeah. and controlling your core body temperature. It's much needed through perspiration, through kidney function, etc., to, to regulate that. So, yeah, in an event like that, we have to educate the athletes thoroughly in advance, education systems for uh, the wrong meds to take before them, and yeah. what are the early signs of hydration uh, you know, that they need to know on the bike. So we, we do do a lot of that with our athletes. Well, you've done a fair amount of education today as well. Darren, thank you so much for making time to chat to our audience and emphasise how crucial an issue this is. Wendell, thank you so much for suggesting this topic. I think really important to have been reminded of it. And Darren, we appreciate your stepping in uh, to to fill in the gaps for us. Always great to have you with us on the show. Absolute pleasure. Have a good weekend. You too. All the best to you. Dr. Darren Green speaking to us there on the importance of sufficient water to keep the human body ticking over properly.